Ladies and gentlemen, uh, good evening and welcome to the Apple Store Soho. We're about to get started. Uh, tonight, we have a very special event uh, as part of our Meet the Author uh, event series. Whoopi Goldberg joins us to share uh, and do a reading from her new book, Sugar Plum Ballerina's Toshu Trouble. Yeah, you can applaud. <laughs> um, so, a little bit about the book. Brenda Black prides herself on her logical and orderly mind. She studies anatomy, books to get a head start on medical school, and idolizes Leonardo da Vinci. Things go haywire, though, when her spoiled cousin Tiffany comes to visit. At first, Brenda tries to ignore Tiffany's bragging. But when Tiffany implies that Brenda is not cultured enough to know who Miss Camilla Freeman is, Miss Camilla Freeman, the very famous prima ballerina, Brenda snaps. She tells Tiffany that she happens to own an autographed pair of Miss Camilla Freeman's toe shoes. So of course, Tiffany wants to see them. The only problem, the shoes belong to Miss DeBay, the headmistress of the Nutcracker School of Ballet. Brenda's anatomy books won't get her out of this mess. For that, she'll need the help of her Sugar Plum sisters. Here to read from Sugar Plum Ballerina's Toshu Trouble, please welcome Whoopi Goldberg. So I'm going to read the first couple of pages and see if we like it. Yeah? I mean, some little, little guys might not get it, but some little, little guys might just surprise you. So I'll read the first couple of pages. Are you ready? I'm sorry, say what? Are you? Oh, good, okay. Brenda, the voice sounds like it's from far away. That's because I'm buried in what my friend Al calls one of my body part books. The proper term is actually anatomy. I get one from the library each week since I want to be a doctor when I grow up. I'll need to learn every bone and muscle in the human body at some point, so I figure I might as well do it now. Plus, I'm only nine, and I want to get all the important information I can into my head early so it'll sink in before my brain gets filled with ridiculous things like how to put on eye makeup and how to make boys like you. I squinted a picture of a skull. I thought the main part of your skull was just one big bone, but it turns out it's really a bunch of little bones that are stuck together. Why is this? Why wouldn't a big piece of bone be stronger? Motorcycle helmets are supposed to protect your brain, and they don't look like jigsaw puddles. I surface. It's late afternoon on Sunday, and Mom's at the other end of the couch. She puts down the book that she was reading, and now she's poking me with her foot. What, I ask. Getting hungry, she says. I nod. Sunday's my favorite day of the week, since Mom usually has to work on Sundays. First, we have waffles for breakfast. Then we go to a free museum or walk around Central Park. And afterwards, we come home, read on the couch till it's time for supper. Chocolate milk or hot chocolate, she asks. I look out the window to evaluate this question. Chocolate milk when it's hot out, or cocoa when it's cold. It's early September and we're almost into cocoa weather, so late afternoon sun makes warm gold rectangles on the walls. It's starting to smell like fall in the park, but I'm not ready for winter yet, so I say chocolate milk. My hero is a brilliant, talented 
Leonardo da Vinci. He wrote backwards sometimes, so I decided talking backwards was a good idea too. Only my friends can understand me when I do it. It's good when we need to talk secretly and grown-ups are listening. Mom, however, has declared our house a no backward talking zone. She says if I talk backward to her, she'll answer me in Latin and we'll never get anywhere. I realize she's giving me the, you just talk backward to me look. And I say, I would like chocolate milk, please. She smiles and says, you got it. Now my mom's really smart. And if she wanted to, I know she could have been a banker like her sister Aunt Thelma. But my mom told me that she and Thelma have different priorities, which I think means that Aunt Thelma wanted to get rich and mom didn't. I didn't care about the money, money most of the time. I don't need fancy clothes or MP3 players or video games. But there's one thing I really do want, and that's a computer. When I go over to see my friends, the triplets, they let me use theirs. Once when we were all hanging out at Jersey May's room, I found a website that lists all sorts of fascinating diseases. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of reading the symptoms of beriberi out loud. And Jersey May got paler and paler as I read it. My muscles ache, she said. I'm tired. She sank back onto a pile of puffy pink pillows. Are you irritable, I asked. Yes, she is, answered her sister Joanne. Jersey May smacked Joanne with one of the pillows. See, said Joanne. Do you have appetite loss, I continued. Yes, Jersey said. Jessica, her other sister, pointed out that we had just eaten a huge hot fudge sundae. But Jersey got so freaked out that she tried to convince her parents to take her to the emergency room. Her mother said we couldn't look at that website anymore. I got into the kitchen and I started measuring out the chocolate powder for my chocolate milk. I dipped the scoop into the container, then level it off carefully with a knife until it's exactly even. You'll be glad that I'm precise when I'm a doctor and you're coming to me for prescriptions, I say to my mom. My mom says, you got that right. So can we play Scrabble after dinner? Yep. The phone rings. I keep an eye on the garlic bread that I put in the oven, and she runs to the living room. Hello? Oh, hello, Thelma, she says. That's a little weird. My mom and her sister getting along okay? But they don't talk much, even though Thelma lives only an hour away in a very big house in a very fancy suburb ever since she married a very rich lawyer on top of having all of her own rich banker money. Oh dear, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, of course we can help. Tuesday? Yes, that'll be all right. Yeah, that's my day off, so I'll be here all afternoon. Yes, we'll see her then. Goodbye. Oh no, please let her be anyone, anyone other than my cousin Tiffany. A burning smell wafts through the air, and I grab an oven mitt and yank the very toasted garlic bread out of the oven as Mom returns. She has a very weird look on her face. Well, she says, I brace myself for bad news. Your aunt and uncle are going out of town, and Nanny, who takes care of your cousin Tiffany, is leaving town, too. The Nanny's mother is having surgery on her knee. I perk up. Can I watch? I've always wanted to see an operation, because I'm not grossed out by blood or intestines or anything. The only thing that makes me squeamish is when Aunt Joanne turns her eyelids inside out. And I doubt a doctor would turn her eyelids inside out during knee surgery. Mom stares at me, of course you can't watch, Miss Marty Pants. The point is, all of the adults are gonna be gone, so Tiffany is coming to stay with us for a while. No wonder my scalp is tingling. 
a while. How long is a while? Oh, a week or two, maybe less. I'm hoping for less, much less. My cousin Tiffany wears designer clothes. Her house looks like one of those rock star houses you see on TV. And when mom drags me to Tiffany's 10th birthday party, she talked nonstop about every one of her new outfits and all of her jewelry and all of her new flat screen TVs and her video games. When one of her friends asked me if I had a PlayStation, Tiffany laughed and said, no, she just has a lot of books. And before I could even open my mouth, and when she visited our apartment last year, I left the room for a minute and came back to find her sprinkling blue powder onto a crown she was making for a stupid dog. That's a copper sulfate from my chemical set, idiot. It's a pretty color, isn't it? That was the last straw for me. I bet real scientists don't have to worry about people stealing their chemicals to decorate their dumb dogs. So that's how it starts. This girl, she's got a cousin coming. And she's not happy. So what are you going to do? You're going to go out and buy the book and find out what happens next. Here to join Whoopi in a moderated discussion from USA Today, please welcome Donna Freakin. Hi. Hi. So, hello, Whoopi. Hi, Donna. I have to ask you. Okay. You host The View. You're yes. a busy lady. You've got three grandkids. When did you find the time to write the second book in the Sugar Plum series? Well, I committed because I, they offered me some money. And when people do that and they offer you enough, sometimes you just say yes before you really realize what you're committing to. Is that for me? Oh, that would be great because I feel like I'm better. So um, I knew I had to do it. So I've, it's been going a little slowly, but they're coming out slowly. There's about six of them to come. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's your process like as a writer? Do you just come home at 5 o'clock every night and sit down in front of the computer? No, I wish I did. I talk with someone who gives me a hand because I'm dyslexic. And one of the things that would happen to me when I start to write is I start to go over and over the same sentence six or seven times trying to get it just right. I find that if I get a, a law person, someone who comes from the court system, to sit and type what I'm saying, that helps. And then I can share it with the writer that I'm working with. Do you, how did you come up with the idea for this book specifically, and who did you base Brenda on in this instance? Well, the, the, the book came because people my age who have children who are 10, 11, 12, don't seem to understand that they don't want to be little tiny ballerinas like we want it to be. You know, they want to be skateboarders and they want to be, you know, basketball players and doing all the things that we can do. But somehow parents keep forcing their daughters into these tutus and ballet things. And the daughters are generally kind to parents and they go and they do it. But one of the things I discovered is that they, they start to make really great friends. Mm -hmm. And so this is really about friendship. And Brenda, I believe, is based on my daughter. She might be. There's so many girls, I have so many girls in my family that all of the girls in the book are based on some, some person that has my DNA. Do you have kind of a plot plan written out for the six books? I mean, obviously we're in the second one, but do you kind of have an idea of where the next four are going to go? Um, yes, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, you think, oh, I want to write this or I want it to go in this direction, but... You know, at one point we thought that it was just going to be one continuous book, mm -hmm. but it, it just was boring that way. So lots of different things are happening. So who, I don't know where the next one's going to take us, but it'll, it won't be boring. That I'm sure of. Well, you're not boring, so I highly doubt well, this the book is will true. be. I, I, won't, I, I haven't been boring for a while. I'm usually boring when I'm married. <laughs> 
Well, were Sorry, you... I forgot where we were. <laughs> Hello, little children. Marriage is wonderful. I mean, Daddy are married, it's good. <laughs> Maybe. Mommy and Daddy are married, yeah. I can't keep up with this. Yeah, <laughs> like, were, you, were you a big reader growing up? No, because I, I, I have the dyslexia, but I was lucky in that um, if you told me things or I heard someone reading, you know, in the old days they used to go by rote, so you'd have A, B, C, D, E, F. So if you listened to everybody and what they were reading, you, after a while, knew where you were. So I could repeat what I remembered and stumbled in the appropriate places. Numbers are horrifying to me. To this day, I cannot handle them. I don't like them. But um, I loved being told stories. That's why I love the movies, because it was just, you could go anywhere, you could be anything, and when someone read to you, you could have all kinds of adventures around the world, and I liked that, and out of space and stuff. Is there one story that you were either told, or that you heard, or that you read, or that you came across that particularly kind of inspired you, that you can look back on and say, this, is, this, is, this was it? Well, Peter Pan was that book, yeah. That idea that, that this little child disappeared in their perambulator, and the next thing you know, he's flying into some girl's room. I thought that was amazing, and I kept opening my window, kind of hoping that someone would fly in and take me to Neverland, because it sounded like a pretty good place. You know, I'm glad they didn't come, because this turned out to be equally good. Right? Yeah. And now that you're, you know, an author yourself, you've written Whoopi's Big Book of Manners, you've yes. got these books. Yes. Is there one author, living or dead, that you'd want to have dinner with? Um that I'd want to have dinner with, like a kid's author or just an author? Any author. Oh, yeah, hundreds of authors, hundreds of them. You know, I, 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 anybody that writes a book I'm interested in because it's coming out of their head, mm -hmm. you know. I, I just like that idea. But, you know, I would probably these days want to sit down uh, probably with J.K. these days, J.K. Rowling. I just, I'm interested in that brain. You know, what, what said to you, here's a story I want to write. She's working and trying to keep the family together. How does it, how did, what sparked her? That's what I would want to know, you know, because I think she's really smart. Well, how long has Brenda been percolating in your brain? Well, you know, Brenda is so many people. There's so many stories in here. It's kind of scary. Um... I re the first thing I really wanted to do was, I, the first book I wrote was called Alice, because my daughter complained to me when she was small that none of the pictures in the picture book looked like her. Now, I had never thought about that as a kid, but it really irritated her. And I wrote a, a book based on Alice in Wonderland, uh, where the Alice character looked just like her. That was kind of fun. So she's been evolving. And the book, big book of manners, you know, that, that's really I wrote for adults. Because <laughs> I believe, you know, when, when people my age were kids, we, there was no choice. You had to say please and thank you. There was no today I do it, tomorrow I don't. You, they really got you. you. You learned it. And then when we got to be adults, we said, oh, we're never going to raise our kids to have to conform the way that we've conformed. And so they don't have to say please and thank you. And they can actually have conversations with us and we'll get to know them. Well, <laughs> 
it didn't work out quite the way we thought it would. So you have all these children who you hear parents going, come over here right now. I'm going to give you a time out. I'm going to count to three. I'm counting to three. Four or five. <laughs> I really want you to come. I'm getting angry. Those kids are like, fine, get mad. Come catch me. You can't even catch me. <laughs> You know, so that we, we skipped a lot of steps, and I, I find that if grown-ups start saying please and thank you as, as a matter of fact, it actually happens that kids pick it up, because kids pick up what adults do. They, you hear them repeat stuff that you said to your husband or wife or your loved one, and you think, where did they get that from? Well, they got it from you, because they're just repeating the tone that they've heard the way that you've expressed yourself about something. And sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's very startling. I love children. I do. I find them to be incredibly honest, you know? And you can't put over many things. Some things you can. Well, and also what's cool about this book is that it's written as though you're not taught, you're not talking down to them and it's not dumbed down. It's written as one would write an adult book. Well, it's, re it's written so that if you get bored four pages in, you can put it down and come back. Because, you know, when you're five or six or seven, other stuff is going on. So you want to be able to say, oh, I like this, I like this. Oh, what's that over there? And you put your book down and you get up and you go check it out and maybe, you know, the next day you come and you look for it and you don't feel like uh-oh, I better start at the beginning again. It's, it's written so that you can keep what you want for as long as you want it. It's written for me, basically. <laughs> That's really what this comes how down to. How long did you work on this? I meant to ask you earlier. What, what was, how long have you been de developing the second book? The second book has been much faster. The second book has been probably a couple of months. But it's taken about four or five years four years to get it up because it took a little while with the folks I was working with. But now, you know, this wonderful lady that I, I work with, I never, she, she never says that she's working with me and it's terrible, but she is. But she's, is Brenda's, is her picture anywhere? Brenda's picture anywhere? Huh? Her, just her name. We gotta put her picture in here so people can know what she looks like. Well, You'll find it when you buy the book. <laughs> when you get the book. And one final question before we turn this over. You had mentioned J.K. Rowling earlier. Yeah. And she, she has said in interviews that she has outlines and biographies for even the smallest character in her book. She's much deeper than I yeah, will Yeah, I was going to ask you yeah, if you have I'm the same just, thing in yours. I'm not that deep. I, I, you know, it comes to my head and I'll, I'll think of it and say, I'd like to go this way. Or someone will say, what about this? And I'll say, this looks good or this looks good or let's do this. You know, I'm not deep at all. Well, who's your test audience? How do you know that a plot point works with kids? Do you call up your grandkids and say, you know, would you do this or, you know? If I like it, <laughs> then I know it works. If it works for me, it'll work, it'll work, for, someone it'll work else. for somebody else, I think. If you're not liking it, then something's up. But, you know, I give it to, you know, kids that I come across and hand it to them and find out that they dug it. Yeah. Well, who's got some questions for Whoopi? Wow. Wow. Hi. So I know that you've been working on uh, Sister Act as a musical. I wondered yes. if you were ever thinking about turning some of the Sugar Plum ballerina books into kids' musicals. Um, I haven't thought about kids' musicals, but we wanted to turn them into something that you could watch 
on television once a week, and uh, maybe it'll be live action, it might be cartoons, I, I just don't know. The marketplace is so strange, you know, when it comes to kids' projects. Now kids are relegated to certain channels. Used to be, you know, you, everybody got to watch together, but now, you know, you go to a certain kids' channel and you can watch children's programming as opposed to, like, watching TV together. So we'll see. But maybe. But I'd have to find ballerinas, kind of. <laughs> maybe. Yes, over here. Okay. Hi, Whoopi. My hey. name is Karika Fields. Hey. Um, I was um, wondering... It was along the lines of this question. I'm really happy with the images that you're presenting here. I have a young daughter and have young nieces. And um, I was wondering if you were thinking about maybe a cartoon, Disney Channel, a movie. Well, you know, one an animated the, movie. One you know. of the things that happens is once you go down that path, you give up a lot of um, your ability to say how you want things to be. You know, we have characters that are specifically very specific colors, you know, because uh, we have a half Italian, half uh, black kid. We have really dark children. We have mid-dark children. We've got different colors. And sometimes when you give them up, they want to straighten their noses out. They want to make them look like Barbie. <laughs> they are not, this is how they're supposed to look. They're supposed to look like real girls look, or at least the girls I've seen. Oh. Yeah, see? And she's got dreads, and her nose is large. You know, it goes, it, there's a distance. So I, I'm really, I like them. I'm very proud of them. Were you involved in every detail of these girls? Yeah. Every single detail, it sounds like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, only because, you know, when people say to you, I don't see anyone that looks like me, you want to say, here's someone that looks like you, but as many yous as you can come up with. You know, there are girls of different hues in these books. There are girls of different colors in these books. And it's important for us to recognize, particularly because this takes place in New York, that New York is really a melting pot. And as children grow, because they don't start out knowing that there's a difference. They only know when they get to about five and adults start saying, well, you know, you're different from that person. And then they go, what? What, since when? And then we start to teach them all the really bad habits that we as adults have, like prejudging people based on what we see. And then they grow up to be kind of tense. So I'm trying to detensify children. Oh, I know you mad. <laughs> what happened? Did you, you didn't hit him with the bottle, did you? <laughs> See, this is how life is sometimes. I want your bottle, bang. <laughs> it's life. Yes, sir. One over here. This is Ben. Hi, Ben. Um, is there an actual song about it? Say it again. Is there um, an actual song about the book? Is there a song about the book? Not that I've recorded yet, but I've thought about writing a song. Have you got some suggestions? Not really. You don't have any, really? Okay, well, if you think of any, you know there's a website for it. I would love to hear your ideas because, you know... You're a good musician. I, I can feel it from over there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We have a question over here to your left. Ah, hello. Hi, yes. I'm hello. Alyssa. Um, I'm just wondering, when you were a kid, did you write? Were you creative and put things down on paper because of your learning disability? Did it? 
stuff? No, I thought a lot. I was, I was, I could tell you stories. I could make stuff up. Things that I saw in my head. I was had a lot of imagination, a lot. And so, I didn't write. But if you asked me about something, I could make a story about it. And so, this is one of the great things that my mother gave me was the understanding that even though in those days they called it slow. I was a slower kid. That that was all right because I had other things that made me fast and up to speed. So I was really fortunate, you know. But no, but it always in here somewhere. That's where all those weird characters came from that I used to do on on stage because I couldn't write them. I could talk them. This is why you know. <laughs> When I go to do jobs, people say, well, tell me about the show, and I can't, because I haven't done it yet, because I'm talking it as I do it. So it's happening as I speak. It's kind of weird and a little dangerous, but I like it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that you went from that to writing books, and quite a, quite a lot of books. Well, you know, I'm starting to grow up just a bit. <laughs> this is Prudence. Hello, Prudence. Um, why are they called sugar plum? Because there is a, a section in the Nutcracker Suite where the sugar plum, uh, what is it? It's the sugar plum fairy, that's right, comes along. And the music, I like the music when I hear it. And what I thought to myself, what would be the thing that said ballet to everybody, every adult? Well, Sugar Plum, because we all, we all went to see the Sugar Plum, went to see uh, Nutcracker Suite when we were kids. Most of the adults have seen it at some point. So I thought that would be a, a way to grab people's attention. Did you like that name? Yes. Yes, good. I feel like it could almost make you hungry. Sugar Plums are cookies, right? Too? I don't know. I've never some actually sort of seen dessert, one. I thought. Has anyone in this room seen a Sugar Plum? Nobody. You've seen a sugar plum. Are they cookies? That's right. There are a lot of kids in the audience that haven't seen it. Well, whatever a sugar plum is, it's a good and gentle thing. What happened to you? Oh, I know. Okay. You had to put the bottle down. I know. Just eat the cookie. Whoopi, I wanted to ask you, since yeah. Brenda dreams of going to medical school, and yes. that, is, that is her goal, which is kind yes. of unusual in a little girl, because like you said, a lot of girls dream of being fashion designers or celebrities well, or what have you. Well, you would be su surprised. It's actually not that unusual. It turns out that girls, these girls these days, have never been told what they couldn't do. So they actually want to be doctors, and they, because they see things like ER. You know, in reruns. They think, oh, I want to be a doctor. No one ever said, oh, you have to be a nurse first to them. You know, we all heard, oh, please, you'll, you have to be a nurse first. You have to be a helper. Can I be a doctor? Be a helper. Well, did you have a dream like that when you were a kid? No, I always knew I wanted to be a ham. <laughs> but not the edible kind, the actual perform, mm -hmm. Not the edible kind, the performing kind. Well, there are children in the audience. But the performing kind, yeah. <laughs> We have a question from Jane over here. Hi, Jane. Were you ever a dancer? Was I ever a dancer? I thought I was. In my mind, I thought I was. But I'll tell you a very strange story. When I was a little girl, that was a little while ago, I wanted to be a ballerina. And for some reason, the ballet schools believed that 
girls who looked like me, who were black girls, were missing a bone and could not go up on point. And so we were not invited to be ballerinas, which is why you never see ballerinas my age who are black, because you see them as dancers. You see Judith Jameson, but you do not see prima ballerinas, and that is the reason. So I thought, you know, I'll go learn to do other things. So I learned to dance in other ways, but I always wanted to, to do that, to be on, on point. But then I realized I couldn't have potato chips, and I thought it was probably better that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And over here? Yes. Hello. Hi. You've commented on some of the gender roles that girls were pushed into, so to speak, in the mm -hmm. past. And I, I worry that I might be going the opposite direction and try so hard to not push the dancing or the pinks or the, the princesses. So I just wonder if you have any thoughts on how we can expose girls and boys to the things that are interesting to them without making it our focus? Well, just let them be interested in stuff and see where they go and see what they're drawn to. What parents, I find, tend to do is they tend to say to kids, you'll like this. Knowing full well that kid doesn't care anything about it, doesn't know about it, and is only doing it because you're saying you've got to do it. But if you're into something and you like it, they get interested, you know? So if you want to do things in pink, make it something you're doing. And if they're interested, they'll come over and say, what are you doing? This way, it's their choice and not yours necessarily. And a lot of parents I know are very afraid if their, their child uh, does something different. I have a friend who, who does not want her son to try on her jewelry. Now, I, I don't know what that's going to happen to him if he puts the jewelry on. <laughs> He's changed for life. I mean, you know, and you say, but what is it? He's, he's curious. Why wouldn't he want to know what this is? But for some folks, it says, if you do this, you will be too feminine. And it's just, it makes me sad because kids end up missing out on so many things. When did you become aware of kind of the limitations of gender roles? Was it with your own daughter or was it later? Well, I, I never understood it. My mom didn't understand it either. She always said, you do what you want to do. But with this group. She said, you can do anything you want to do as long as you understand two things. Not everybody's going to like it, and they're not all going to want to be your friend, and the consequences of your actions mean that you may be alone a lot. So do what you think you want to do. Just know that you have to face up to sometimes being by yourself as an individual, because that's what happens to individuals sometimes. You know, they go against the grain and people go, well, why aren't you doing that? You should be doing that. And you go, no, but I really like doing this. And then they all go do something else and you're by yourself. Then you feel bad and you get lonesome and you go, well, I better go do that because I want people to like me. I'm okay if people like me. It makes me a little bit sad if they don't, but I'm all right if they don't, because my cat likes me. I think we have time for maybe one more question. Hi, Whoopi. Hi. I just want to say my family loves you. My Thank name you. is Eloise Patterson. Hey, Eloise. I have a question. Is there a parenting, a good parenting advice book coming? Because you are so good at it. I listen to everything you say. 
My brother's special, and he loves you. Oh, good. And he made it his business to come. Hi, Whoopi. Hi. He loves you. I'm glad you came. No, you know what? Parenting is tough because every child is totally different. Every kid is different, and I just believe you have to let children, you have to give them a little bit of space. I mean, one of the things that people keep trying to explain to me is why kids can't play outside. Like, I know that the world is a little more dangerous than, than usual, but you could go outside with the kid. So the kid can play outside. You can play double dutch with your child. It's, a, it's you know, our world was slightly safer, so we could go outside by ourselves. We had a neighborhood where people were watching, they knew what we were doing. They understood, you know, that so-and-so's mother was watching what you were up to. But I think if you, if you give kids too tight a, a thing to work in, it's too hard for them. <laughs> See, that's my kind of kid right there. Just get right there and you know somebody's gonna get you, but maybe not. You know, it's, it's I, I just want parents to let kids be kids. Let them have fun. There's so much in the world that they're gonna learn like really soon that, you know, laugh with your children, play with your children. They'll make you laugh. You laugh more, you'll have less tension. They're gonna make you crazy. And they're your kids for life. My kid is 35, I talk to her every day. Good. Every day. I thought, when she turned 20, it's done. No, every day. So build a relationship. Because they really, they're not gonna be your best friends because kids can't be your pals. But they are, they are really open to whatever you have to share with them. And they want to play, they want to hang out with you. And it's tiring, but it's okay. Be tired, say let's do some tired stuff and lay on the floor. And then they do, you know, they say, you're just gonna lay on the floor? Yeah, let's, let's just lay on the floor. Cause I can't get up. I tell you what, let's roll to the kitchen. You know, be silly. Be silly can only make being an adult better. That's what I say. But I could be wrong. And I hate to tell all of you this because I've, I feel like I'm bringing you bad news, but you do understand that come 12, 11, 12, they're going to go into the teen tunnel and you will know nothing about anything. But it's okay because they come out eventually. But it is going to happen. And it's okay because when you went into the teen tunnel, your parents didn't know anything either. So don't forget that. Don't forget that when you hit a certain age, your parents were not the hippest people in the world to be around. Remember what you did. And if they're wearing skirts that are too short, you can say the skirt is a little short. I know because I wore one and caught a cold when I was your age and find the pictures, show them, show them. So they get an idea what you're talking about and why you might actually know some stuff. So that's what I know, that's all I know. Yeah, that is all I know, for real. Yeah, I don't know anymore. My whole brain just is done. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank for you. For taking time out.